How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Jules Von Hepp. Hello, I'm Sarah Powell. And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence. Because we all wobble. This final episode of the series of Wobble was recorded live in front of a gorgeous audience of Wobble fans and in association with the lovely people at Olivia Burton. The whole evening and the recording was done to mark this year's Mental Health Awareness Week. It is the most incredible chat with Joe from Time to Change and Lauren from Girl vs Cancer. So we want to start by thanking them again for being part of it. And also to Olivia Burton for working with Wobble, which was such an absolute pleasure. Um, finally, this episode begins with a guided meditation from Kirsty Rayner, which if you can take take part in please treat yourself and do oh well hello oh well hello hello hi hi um thank you so much for coming um to wobble live with olivia burton um it's sold out so i didn't even have a chance to mention it on my stories that and like as you know i put everything on my stories (laughs) and i didn't have a chance we are we were completely like beside ourselves so thank you for being quick and buying tickets just by being here we've raised over 500 pounds for mental health foundation just from being here and drinking prosecco that's so good Um, also, this is a live podcast recording, so don't take any conference calls. Yeah. Just put your phone on aeroplane mode. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Can you check your phones? Just check it. So, obviously, mental health is something that we talk about a lot on Wobble. Um, it's our body confidence and happiness podcast. And so we are absolutely thrilled to be doing tonight in honour of Mental Health Awareness Week, which is happening next week. Um, so the episode will go out next Wednesday. It's going to be for the finale of season three. Um, so so we cannot, we're just so thrilled to be able to do this with Olivia Burton in collaboration with them to be able to really mark and honour how important next week is. And Olivia Burton, they're all about mental health and wellness is one of Olivia Burton's core brand pillars. Um, it's a key source of inspiration for them. As a brand that's working towards being kinder to each other on this planet, kindness is at the core of what they do and what they believe that starts with being kinder to ourselves. I'm all about being kind to myself. Yeah, it's really nice. And actually, so much of mental health, I think, with our own mental health, starts with kindness. And I think it's, you know, we often think about kindness being for other people, but we quite rarely think about kindness being for ourselves. And I think, it's, I think actually, it's a lot easier to be mean to yourself than it is to be kind to yourselves. And it is, I think it's a choice. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a conscious choice that we've got to make and go, do you know what? I'm being, I'm really beating myself up for this. Can I be a bit kinder? Um, So with that in mind, we've got an amazing panel here tonight. Look how gorgeous Lauren is. Here she is. This is our a wobble favourite, Lauren Mahon, who is the founder of Girl vs Cancer and also has just won a Webby Award. Yes, well done, Lauren. Which is spectacular. 
Absolutely. Thank you. And we also have Joe Lochran, who is sat here, gorgeous in pink. Joe is the director of Time to Change, which is the mental health and anti-stigma movement. It's run by the charities Mind and Rethink Mental Illness. Okay, so we're absolutely honoured to have Joe here tonight with us as well. It's going to be such a lovely conversation. I can't wait to have all of this chat. I'm like super excited. Um, but we also have Kirsty Rayner. Now, Kirsty is one of my BFFs, but also um, a meditation teacher. Now, Kirsty has calmed us down as friends so many times. And if anyone in the room came to form, Kirsty gave a guided meditation. Um, if any of you have never had meditation before, my honest advice to you is just go with it. Um, just try and relax yourself. Try and open your mind. Close your eyes if you want to. We, I definitely will be. Yeah, I think it really helps. I think it will really help and it will stop you getting distracted by somebody next to you going, are they doing it? Is everyone just not doing it and it's only me? <laughs> so yeah, do close your eyes. But we wanted to do it just to bring us all into this mm -hmm. space together. Just whatever's happened today, just kind of leave it behind so we can all just kind of be together for the next sort of hour or so. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So, hi everybody. Um, the first point I want to make, as always, is with meditation, have no expectation. Every single day is different. You'll feel different. It's a really great gift to give to yourself with your mind, your body and your breath. So bearing that in mind, just gently closing your eyes. Try not to force them shut, but just allowing the eyes to just naturally close. And let's take a deep inhale all together. Exhale. Take a deep breath, inhale. And exhale. With every inhale that you take, I want you to find the natural rhythm of your breath. But I want you to imagine a feeling of lightness. The breath rising through the body. And with an exhale, you feel heavier. You start to relax further into the seat. Noticing what is touching the seat now, the weight, your feet on the floor, maybe your back against the chair. Just feeling that sensation of grounding. Knowing that with every breath you take, you are creating a safe environment, a collective energy together. You are totally safe and totally supported. Remembering in meditation, we never like to say, think of nothing, but we are going to choose what thoughts we want to connect with in this moment. And right now, all I want you to think about is the breath. Deep breath in, deep breath out, the rising with the inhale and the falling with the exhale. Finding that rhythm of your breath. And as you inhale, imagine that you're inhaling fresh energy that we're creating for each other in this room. With every exhale, just allow any stress to leave the body. Any worries, maybe any heartache, any pain. Consciously choosing for it to leave the body. Leave the mind. Breathing in, breathing out. And I want you to begin to visualize your breath now, moving up the front of the body with an inhale from the toes to the top of the head. And as you exhale, the breath is behind, creating this loop of energy for yourself, inhaling positivity, Exhaling that negativity, all is behind you. Allowing yourself to be in this moment, in this stillness. If the mind begins to wander, we just come back to this breath. We inhale at the front, exhale behind.
Try to slow your breath. And when you've found your natural rhythm of your breath, bringing your attention now to the body. Noticing if you're holding onto any tension in the forehead, try to relax that space. Relaxing the eyebrows. Allowing your eyelids to be heavy, not forcing them shut. Trying to relax your cheeks. Relaxing the mouth. Maybe turn the corners of the mouth upwards, giving yourself that inward smile. Relaxing the jaw, we hold so much tension in this space. Trying to breathe deeply into the throat. Relaxing your shoulders. Allowing your arms to feel heavy. Relaxing your hands and your fingers. Bringing your attention to the top of the spine as it melts all the way down. You become heavier. You feel relaxed. Breathing into the chest. Deep breath into the belly. Allowing your hips to feel heavy. Your legs feel heavy. And finally, relaxing your feet and your toes. Your whole body feels heavy. Your mind feels calm. Keep breathing in. Breathing out. Taking a deep inhale all together. Exhale. And on your next inhale, slowly opening your eyes. Bringing your awareness back to your mind and your body. And just taking a moment for yourself in this stillness. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, you all looked so relaxed. I'm, just, I'm like, so relaxed. I'm like, I but, mean, that and a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> it's all you need. But, but that is why meditation is so wonderful because instantly you switch off. Yeah, like I, right. I switched off instantly and like Aww. just calmed down and we're all together in the same frame of mind now. Yeah. It's lovely. It is lovely. And it's such a lovely reset. You know, it really takes you out of whatever's going on. And then when you come back round, you're like, oh, yeah, we're here. Oh, yeah. It, this room doesn't look the same that it did just before that. Kirsty, thank you so much. Yeah, Kirsty. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome, Joe. Um, Joe, it'd be really lovely to start with you, actually, if we could, because um, for sort of anybody here who's not absolutely clear on what time for change is, time to change, I should say, is and why it's so important and why you wanted to set it up in the first place, just explain a little bit about it. Um, so we're all about changing the way all of us um, think and act towards those of us, and I include myself in this, who have experienced mental health problems. So when we first started this, the two charities, Mind and Rethink Mental Illness, we were talking to the people that we support and they were saying, you know, it's great. You know, we go out, we get treated differently. We get treated negatively. People call us names. People spit at us. 
And we just thought, I was going to swear, but I have been told I can swear. Um, And basically, we basically said, that's just bloody outrageous. And so we really wanted to to make that change. So we've spent the last 10, 11 years doing exactly that, making sure that we're addressing some of those uh, negative thoughts and feelings and myths that people have around mental health. So it's all about changing that stigma and that discrimination. And do you think stigmas around mental health still exist? Because uh, Sarah and I are both really open about our mental health. And when I was growing up, it was a thing that you don't talk about your mental health and you shove it to the back of your mind and you'll just deal with it later. But for me, that was not great. And the knock-on effect was quite big. Like, are are the stigmas still there? Yeah, I mean, I think we've... So we've done a lot of work. So we track how um, people are thinking and acting towards those of us with mental health. We work with the Institute of Psychiatry to, to, to do that over this last 10 years. So we know that we've changed like millions of people's attitudes. So we've seen a kind of 9.6% positive influence in terms of how people think about mental health. And that we reckon is about 40, 4.1 million people who now have more positive attitudes towards those of us with mental health problems. But there are still, you know, you'll, you'll recognise it. You know, if we, if, we re- if we remember that one in four of us in this room... And that's a that's an average. We'll experience a mental health problem. There'll be lots of people in this room who are sitting there going, "Yeah, I do," but I wouldn't stand up in this room right now and say that I'm experiencing that or I have experienced that. That's that's experiencing self stigma. It's that it's that inability to be able to be open about what's going on for us. So in certain audiences, um, it's definitely still there. We've made loads and loads of progress. We've still got a way to go. And there are certain target audiences that we are now working with. So can I just get the the guys in the room to put their hands up, first of all? Fantastic. I want to just say massive congratulations for you guys to be in this room when we're going to be talking about this stuff. Because with the exception of you guys... For the purposes of the podcast, there was two. There were two. There was two in the room. Two in the room. So obviously, with the exception of you guys, people aren't... Men aren't talking about mental health. They're really, really lagging behind the ability to be able to talk about their own experience or to talk about mental health with their friends and their friendship group. So what we've been doing over the last five years is really targeting men and trying to get them thinking about it, not about their own mental health, because they don't do that, but about actually thinking about, would you be in your mate's corner? Because, of course, they would. You know, you talk to any any guy, and you sort of say, well, if your mate was struggling with anything, would you want to be there and support? And, of course, they say, yeah, absolutely. So we've kind of gone in with that kind of Trojan horse in terms of trying to, you know, get men thinking about their own mental health by getting them thinking about the mental health of their mates. So, yeah, there's still there's still a way to go. Where does that stigma come from? Do you think particularly with men? What is it? Is it the laddishness? I don't know, because not all men are lads, so it can't just be a bit of that. Well, it's that kind of cultural thing, isn't it? If we think about it, you know, women are, are really encouraged to talk about their feelings. They have our we have our friendship groups. We talk to each other about stuff. And sometimes that ability just to talk about it before it gets to crisis point is is the absolute key. But if you think about the way in which we bring up our young men, we definitely bring them up not to talk about stuff like this. You know, it's that stiff upper lip. It's that kind of boys don't cry. It's 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 not allowing people the permission to talk about it. So I often, you know, when I'm out and about and talking to people about what I do for a living, it's like this deluge. So I say to sort of, you know, work in mental health, and suddenly people tell me everything. And that's because they know they're going to be safe in talking to me about it. Mm. But if you're a guy and you're maybe talking about it for the first time with your mates, you have no idea how that's going to be received. And maybe you've had really bad experiences in the past or the banter that we sometimes have might mean that you think, oh, I'm a bit reluctant because the last time, you know, Joe Bloggs talked about this was a really negative reaction. So we're really shy about doing it. I've definitely experienced that from being really open about my mental health on Instagram. A lot of my guy friends have come forward and we've been in the pub having pints. I sound like a lad, I'm really not. Um, But yeah, I was having a spritzer. Um, But they have then opened up more. And I think for men, it's just knowing that it is a safe environment. I think it's about feeling that they won't be judged and it's okay to not feel okay. Lauren, do you definitely, uh, like, how do you find that men talk about cancer and mental health? 
It's similar. I think, as we said, like as women, we kind of bond through chat. Like that's quite a stereotype and like in generalisation, but we do. And with men, I think it's seen as a physical weakness in them. So they don't want to talk about it. And they're also very scared and they don't know what to do. So it's kind of the double whammy then of like the physical, weak, like scary situation as well as like a mental one. That's actually something that we get a lot of when I, we talk on the podcast or when I do stuff with Girl vs Cancer. I've got a lot of male friends and I have a lot of men who have cancer that I know, but they are few and far between that will actually come and have a conversation about it. Generally, they're like, we don't know where to go. And if they feel like they don't want to be seen as physically weak and almost convince themselves yes. that it's not happening. It's a little bit of denial, I think, with the cancer stuff. Do you think... And with mental is, health. Yeah. Uh, is it the same? Yeah. The same with it's mental totally health? totally the same. Yeah. You, 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 uh, and again, I'm, this is a terrible generalisation, but just go with it because we've done lots of insights research that supports all of this. But just generally, men aren't very good at seeking help for anything health you know because it's this that seen as a sort of weakness isn't it and that whole thing around I've got to be the one that supports everybody else so there's this this is just culture upon culture upon culture expectation cultural expectations that we set up for for people no wonder we just got to be able to give them permission give people permission that we can absolutely talk about this and it'll be all right it'll be received well mm-hmm. and do you think lauren i mean is there the same stigma that joe was talking about is there the same stigma for talking about cancer i think there definitely was but i think it's because not because you're going to be seen as you know, or, you know, the stigma like, oh, you're crazy or this or that. Yeah. Um, or you're like, oh, you're weak because just get a grip. I think in cancer world, people don't talk about it because they're terrified of it. So for me, I know that I didn't know a lot about cancer beforehand. Um, and what I did know was scary. And no one really talked about it or spoke about it in a way that I felt comfortable with. I think that's what it was. It was clinical, cold, scary, um, scaremongering. So that's why people kind of had that stigma that cancer is bald in a hospital bed you're going to die that's not what cancer looks like at all and I think that's a that I think there's another really important thing there is around recovery so I think as well um, and this is this is this is common across you know men male female it's that sense that you might not recover so it, it it's not just the kind of I've got a, a physical or a mental health problem. It's the kind of people have been told that once you get a mental health problem that you have it for life. Well, that might be true, but I had mental health problems from a, from being a teenager, mm. and I still manage them. But that's fine. I manage them, mm. and that's just a part of who I am. So I bring my whole self to the party, to work, to wherever, and that's really important. That whole yeah. sense of having some hope. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, for most people. They, when they look at someone with cancer or they hear about a story, you, we all, we're all guilty of it. We see our own mortality in them. The minute I got told I had cancer and I said to someone, I'd be so flippant. I'd be like, yeah, I got tick cancer. And they'd be like, oh my God. And I'd be like, no, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be all right. I'm just going to have no air for a bit. Do you know what I mean? It's, you see it in them. They're like, oh my God, this could happen to me too. So it's seeing that in themselves. And I've, I realised as well, like I had mental health stuff and I was um, in my, well, I, I think you carry it with you. So I yeah. had health anxiety and I definitely couldn't talk to my friends of, about it. I felt like when I actually got diagnosed with severe depression, anxiety, I, went home and I spoke I, I was at home I thought I'd be home alone my dad walked in from work and I was like oh my god because I was sobbing in the front room just being told by the doctor like we're gonna get you some help and he was like what's wrong and I went I'm broken he was like, I went there's something wrong with me I'm broken and it's that thing isn't it because that's how we were made to feel go back so what oh my god I thought old oh, now 10 years ago when I was like 24 no one spoke about mental health the way that we do now thank god that we do that now Thank God. I love what you said earlier about bringing your whole self to the party um, because I think that's something that if you're having mental health issues, you shove that to the back and you're like, oh, I'll just put the shop front up. But actually in the stock room, it's a bit of a mess. (laughs) But when you take everything to the party... Yeah, such a good analogy. Cheers, thanks a lot. I'm here all night. Um, Apart from taking your whole self to the party, what other coping mechanisms are there if you are feeling and in terms of like wobble a little bit wobbly I mean so that's um, that's going to be different for everyone I mean so for me personally the thing that um the thing that I really really appreciate is just being out in nature so I really love going on long walks I don't have to be with anybody else actually it's really just lovely to see nature do its thing 
and you and it just gives you this amazing for me it gives me this amazing perspective on life it doesn't make anything go away it doesn't mean that some of those intrusive thoughts that I have or feeling down and depressed will suddenly get better but it does mean that I can have some a break from it that's the way I would describe it for those minutes while I'm out in nature enjoying all of that it's like I can have an appreciation of something other than what I might be going through at that moment in time. There's something else as well about showing yourself, you know, that kindness that we mentioned earlier. When you take yourself, it's such a huge act of self-care, isn't it? To go, I need nature and I'm I'm going to get out there, whatever we need. And it's so much about learning what our thing is. I'm still learning mine. I really, really am. But I, my coping mechanism, like in terms of the cancer stuff and my mental health, in my mid-20s it's been CBT cognitive behavioural therapy works quite well for me is that I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with it in the room but it's that whole thing of training your brain when a negative thought comes in I always use the train analogy it's my favourite it pulls into the station of your mind and I used to get on that train and end up in panicville and be like panic attack Um, now it pulls into the station I go what's up train on you go (laughs) and that's literally what you have to train your brain to do you have to be accepting of okay I feel that way I'm not giving it energy and you almost distract yourself like girl vs cancer is the biggest distraction technique ever I just distracted myself from what was going on but um, I actually something really really something came up on Instagram you know I love an Instagram quote and I honestly it made such sense to me a couple of weeks ago I was having a really 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 bad mental health time I couldn't function. I literally felt like, you know, people feel like they're having an episode. I think that's the closest I've ever come. My brain was so full. I just wanted to take it out and like throw it in the sink. It's like, wash it. It's too messy. I just felt like I was a bit like manic in my head and I felt really down and I couldn't get out the funk. And I was just like, I know that exercise will make me better, but I can't find the energy to go. I know this will make me feel better. I know I'll do work, but I can't because I'm too distracted and... And this thing came up on Instagram and basically said something along the lines of, if you do not give yourself time every single day to do nothing, actually stop, your body will take all of the time you owe it back all at once and you will find yourself sitting at the end of your bed, sobbing between breaths going, what is wrong with me? And there is nothing wrong with you. You forgot to give yourself time. And I just went, oh, mic drop. (laughs) That is literally what's just happened. I had been so manic with work and life and just being a busy bee anyway. You guys know what I'm like. That I'd actually forgotten to give myself a break and time. And it came back and it bit me in the bum bum. So for me, now I really try... It's little things like with my with my team and stuff. Well, my team, my manager, makes me sound very wanky. I'm not. Um, we've, we've made an agreement now. I don't really do breakfast meetings or like stuff at, for, between the hours of 9 and 11 because that's my time. So if I want to run, if I want to do yoga, if I want to bake breakfast, if I want to just answer the emails I didn't get to do all week, that's my time. And that is making a big difference to me. Yeah, because it is every day, yeah. isn't it? It is. And, and I think that seems a lot. Do you know what I mean? At first, it's a bit like, oh my God, this is going to be such hard work. I've got to do something every day. And it does take effort and it does take choice, but it's not enormous amounts, is it? It's a couple of minutes, really. It's, it's uh, you know, Kirsty just gave us a seven minute meditation. You're all done for the day. Yeah. You know, everybody here, but it, and it is, it's only a small bit, isn't it? It's hard though, with our lifestyles and the way things are, and there's always something to be done. I don't know about you guys, but when I get like half an hour to myself, I no longer sit and go, half an hour, that's lovely magazine bath. I'm like, half an hour, I can do all my social media posts for the next two days. (laughs) It's like I'm I'm constantly trying to fill my time and be efficient that I actually forget that I need to be, I'm only as good as space I give myself. But I think as well, like in today's society, our phones, we are on all the time. We can be answering emails all the time, answering DMs on social all the time, checking Twitter, watching TV. And actually, there isn't that much time to step back. And once you realize that you have got to step back and take that time, then all that those little moments can add up. So I have this thing like when I boil the kettle, I stand by the kettle, I don't leave it. And so that it's just like yeah. two minutes, but I'm like this, it's me and the kettle and that's <laughs> it. But it's a really helpful, it just like puts me in the right frame of mind for the day. I think the other thing as well is about it, it that I found really helpful is is kind of reaching out. So I'm going to big up my husband now. He's the best. <laughs> and he really is fabulous. Mm. And he's like, he's like both my biggest fan, but also for those moments where I'm just kind of like, 
oh, broken is such yeah. a lovely word, you know, that where I'm kind of thinking, oh my goodness me, I can't imagine what I'm going to do next. He doesn't fix anything. He really doesn't. He mm. just, so I can talk to him and say things to him that I think would floor other people mm. just in terms of where I'm at in my headspace. And he, he never says, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. He'll just silently hear what I'm saying. I can't tell you how amazing that is. So mm. if you're in a room and you're supporting other people, I'd really, really encourage you to just say nothing. It's amazing. It really is really, really good. Mm. And how easy is that? Because everybody thinks that being supportive for somebody who's experiencing mental health you problems, you have to fix it. You My have to be an that, expert. Yeah. You have to do all <laughs> she does. that stuff. Tina does it. She that's, does it. That's a mum thing, right? She does. Yeah. And I feel so bad. Sometimes I just want to say I'm having a really bad week. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me how to make it better. I know how I should really be yeah. making it better, but I just need to say it and be supported. That's yeah. so good. That's so, so true. So powerful. Yeah. Because yeah. I was... Uh, was going to ask you, do you think people avoid talking about mental health and cancer because they don't know what to say, they're scared of saying the wrong thing, so they just avoid talking about it altogether? I, I would say cancer world 100%, yes. yes. For me, most people get such a shock that they start talking about cancer and the first thing they do is start telling you about someone that's died. And I'm like, mate, oh, oh, ah, shush. Um, but I think it's because it is that, that fear and that shock and people are so terrified when I started talking openly about cancer and like through the work that I've done on the podcast and stuff, the things that people do say mostly are, I'm just so scared of saying the wrong thing. And the messages I get on Instagram mostly are, what can I do? What should I say? How should I act? Because everyone knows it's such a fragile situation. I think the best thing to do is just be yourself. If you're the kind of person who's going to be like dismissive, I know that I help Deb on the pod because when she has anxieties, too rightly, like she's got stage four cancer, she's worried it's here, there and everywhere every two minutes, which is a normal anxiety. But she, I'll sit on the train with her and it will be constantly, my head, my headaches, my headaches. I'm like, babe, and she, but she's got the sniffles as well. Mm. So I'm like, babe, you've either got a cold like me or you're dying. And she's like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, probably is. But we can have that banter yeah. because it makes her feel better because it makes her go oh no one's going no one's dismissing or minimalizing her symptoms or her feelings does that make yeah. sense yes yeah. because that's a relationship that you have with her yeah so that's not going to work for everyone no but it's it's but it's the right thing to do but is just to be yourself. Yeah, honor that relationship i'm myself yeah. with her if i change being that way she'd get really annoyed at me and be like why are you acting weird and i felt the same when i got diagnosed some people avoided me yeah. i've lost friends that's fine but I've lost friends because they didn't know what to do. So you do have that thing where people are really afraid because they don't they they don't want to open a whole can of worms. That's the other thing as well. So there's this kind of massive myth where you kind of go, uh, oh yes, okay. So you know, I'm feeling, uh, you know, I've had a really long, prolonged period of feeling really, really depressed. And people go, they they literally take a step back. Do you have that as well, where people just almost take a step back? Yeah, or they're like, oh, shiny, what's over here? Absolutely, yes. yeah, total yeah. distraction. Yeah. yeah, and it's because it comes from a place of fear. And actually, I think you're absolutely right about about just do the things that you would normally do and spend time with each other in the same way that you would always spend time with each other. If banter's your thing, then banter's your thing. But, you know, don't don't worry about saying the wrong thing. I think that's the thing. Loads of people are paralysed by the fact that they might say the wrong thing. If you were, to, and I'm sure this is the same to you, if somebody were to say something to you that you were offended by, you'd just basically tell them, wouldn't you? That's how you're having a laugh. <laughs> Can't exactly. ask me that. When I was at my previous job, um, I had one senior member of staff. I went back into work after my second chemo and had a nice little fry tuck monk ball patch going on at the top. So I had my, ba I had my bandana on. And he was like, how are you doing? I said, yeah, am I? He's like, and he pointed at my scarf. I said, yeah, it started, it started to come out. I've got a bit of a ball patch. And he went, can I see? And I just went, No. <laughs> I can see yours clear as day, <laughs> idiot. But it's those things, but I, like, I, I'm like, you're an idiot. But I think he said it because he didn't know what else to do. I'm like, why would you want me to take my <laughs> scarf off in the middle of the office? Super little weird. But he's also the kind of guy who would also tell you, like, ask to see your tits. So let's not, <laughs> he's not the kind of sure. man. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. not the kind of man yeah. around. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like, what are the common pitfalls that people fall into? Is it just not talking about it? Um, or are there any other pitfalls when it comes to mental health? Well, I think it is. I, th- I think it's making it's, it's making assumptions about what people might need from you. So I so I think that the thing to do is to start with the relationship that you have with that person. So, um, you know, your 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 work colleague. You know, again, you could probably just tell him to sod off, mm. and that would have been absolutely fine. So, you know, there's the worry that everything that you then say is going to be really analysed to the nth degree. So stop feeling like that because it won't be um and just feel comfortable with with you know how you're feeling with that person I think and I think so as well like even if yourself it's your mental health like it's part of who you are like I'm in muddy medical menopause so there are times when I'm just a little bit like prickly I don't mean to be that's not who I am and the minute I've come around the other side of the, the storm in front of my eyes I'm like I'm really really sorry like this is what's going on. I don't. I didn't mean that. Like you are who you are, and you're allowed to be that person. No one's perfect. No one has all the answers right all the time. We're constantly evolving as people, and we're learning about ourselves as well as others, those around us. So that's what I find as well. As much as other people say it to me, sometimes I have to be kind to myself yeah. and be like, "There's a reason why I've reacted that way," or "There's a reason." Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like so much of it is about visibility as well, being visible for that person. Like you said that you lost friends over it. People avoid it because they don't know what to do. So they disappear, don't they? So, I mean, we've talked a lot about how to approach somebody else's sort of um, uh, mental health or, or if they've got cancer. How do we talk, how do we talk about our own mental health, Joe? First thing is um, in the way that's best boundaried for you. It's, I think, the biggest piece of advice I'd give. So, um, if you feel comfortable talking about it in a public arena, then go for it. If if not, then then don't. There's no expectation that you would disclose. And I think one of the best things that we can do is to demonstrate um, really clearly how open we are to receiving messages around mental health, even if it's not about talking about your experience or your friend or colleague's experience but but the whole topic area of of mental health let's just all be really comfortable about that I think that's a really you know top tip for me anyway there might be listeners listening right now and you might think oh mental health this all sounds a bit heavy this is a bit serious but mental health comes in all different shapes and sizes and it might be that you yourself are not struggling but you might have a friend or family member around you that is what kind of signs should we be looking out for to make sure that those around us are okay? So definitely look for stuff that might seem or feel different about that person. So if you know the person really, really well, you'll know whether or not they're on their game or not on their game. And I think for us, the big thing that we've um, been always thinking about is that thing where you say to people, hey, how you doing? You all right? Good. Okay. So anyway, on the weekend, I'm going to be, so you've kind of asked the question, you've answered it in the same time, or what we often do as well, in the answer to that question, you might turn around to me and say, I'm fine, thanks, okay, good, I'm just going to, we're all going to move on now, because it's awkward and uncomfortable, and we don't want to do it, we're really encouraging people to kind of ask twice, 
because it's really interesting when you do that thing where you say, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. And then somebody says, yeah, they're thinking, oh, yeah, but I'm not quite sure that you're actually all right. And then they say again, actually, how are you really doing? It's amazing how many people open up at that second question. So, you know, definitely be doing that, I would say. And then make sure that you just you're open to hearing what people have got to say so there's a massive skill in listening to what somebody has to say and asking open questions and reflecting back to them what it is that you think you're hearing to make sure that you're all on the you know right page and i don't want to i don't want to trivialize the enormity of the support that people get by saying this but i'm going to anyway it's not actually difficult I promise you it's not difficult. You're not going to be left thinking, I've made somebody think about something really negative. They're not. You're not going to get to that stage. What you're going to do is somebody's going to say to you, for the first time in my life, I feel one listened to and that somebody really asked me a question and really wanted to know what the answer was. Oh, that's so powerful. So powerful. And that is sometimes all it takes, isn't it? It is that simple to ask the question twice and then just listen to what the answer is. Because I think, I mean, certainly with cancer, cancer is seen as something so physical isn't it it's so physical and actually I think the mental health stuff you know it, it, I don't want to say it gets forgotten about but it's sort of it, it's considered secondary but mental health when you're going through cancer must be huge it must be is it almost bigger I don't know it's for me I hate using battle terminology because I don't think it's a fight to be won or lost it's, it's not a fair one anyway for me it was the mindset I had to very quickly get into a mindset of game on, game face, like, let's go, Bear grills, head down. It was, it was that because I feel like, like with anything that is hard, you can go down a rabbit hole. I haven't had my previous mental health past. I know that I have the capacity to get into a very dark place. If I got there, too rightly, I should have been cut up in the ball going, life is horrendous because it was at that time and I'd be within my right. However, knowing myself that well, I know that if I got to that place, I wouldn't be coming out. And I had to kind of say to myself, this is going to go where it's going. I'm going to convey about a treatment now. Me laying down and making this hard for myself and being like an absolute stress ball is not going to do me any favours. If I can just try and do the little things to like bring my mental health back into the room and a lot of that did involve watching Gossip Girl and Game of Thrones and anything to distract me or going out for a walk once a day just because I got out of the house and sometimes it would be just trying to draw on my eyebrows because I was like I will get good at this but it's it's it was a massive massive mental thing and I think that's why so many cancer patients talk about the aftermath of a cancer treatment and they are like so many people suffer severe depression afterwards it's because during that time you're so focused on getting through afterwards that can all feel quite overwhelming what you've been through and the trauma is very much there I know I'm still very much unpicking my trauma um and that's something I have I've had to really revisit recently because I think I survived by putting it in a, in a bit of a box yeah. and now I'm having to like lift that lid a little bit each time <laughs> just to otherwise it's going to come back and bite me on the ass, isn't yeah. it so Something that we talked about last time you were on Warpool was um, how different you felt, like how different you felt about yourself, about life, about other people, having gone through cancer. Do you think your mental health is a lot different from having had that experience? I have been happier in the last three years than I have in my whole entire life. And that's with the disease. And that's people around me that I love dying. I have, I feel so much more, so much more deeply. And this is overwhelming feeling of constant appreciation for the good times and the good days. I feel like before we said this, comfortably numb. You're comfortably numb and it's not your fault. That's human condition. We plod on, we get on with things. And when things are good, we're like, oh, that's nice. But now when things are good, I'm like, oh my God. You know that scene in um, 500 Days of Summer when he like finally shags her and he's like walking down the road. That's what it feels like. And it could just be something as simple as like, oh my God, the shower water pressure is amazing today. But it's, it's those things I know that's definitely changed in me. And it isn't, and I'm, I'm liking myself more and more and more each day. And I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I'm great. I just am very accepting of the person that I am. And I wasn't before. I was very, very nasty to her. And I try not to do that anymore, which makes me happier what about you joe sorry was it the same for you from having been through what you've been through with your own personal yeah. mental health does how has that changed you do you know what i mean how how like that idea of feeling everything more and a good day being a really good day and i i you know you read a lot of people say that when they've had depression they're so grateful for being out of it and being in a different space do you do you have that yeah i mean i i think for me i i feel like i i feel feel like I always felt this way 
Um, and I think when I had a, I had a really, really, really bad period and I went on to um, uh, medication. And I, I have to say, when I came off mm. that medication, that's the moment. Mm. That's the moment where you suddenly go, all of those things where you're thinking, normally I'd be really, really happy about this. I'd be overjoyed by this something that's happened. And actually all I'm thinking is, yeah, this is okay. Mm. And then coming out of it the other end going, okay, now I remember why this was mega exciting and why mm. I'm really loving it. And, and it does make you appreciate um, the really, really good days mm. because I, I know that the bad days could come at any point yeah. and and that's okay yeah that's I, I'm gonna roll with it's it it's gonna happen exactly exactly but it's gonna shit on you <laughs> you get, will lose your keys <laughs> <laughs> but people get really scared of that don't they you know people get scared I mean I can't imagine cancer and depression mm. you know that that level of fear uh, that it's gonna come back but people do people get scared of making mistakes don't they or getting things wrong or not making the most of things as well I think that that's a real pressure it's to have it all pressure yeah. I've said it it's over you don't need to have it all the thing is we can I don't want it like I just feel like there's too many plates to spin and societally we are made to feel like we have to be this person aspire to have everything every box ticked and yeah. that will be happiness and actually all I've realised is that doesn't matter yeah. you've got to do what makes you happy and when I'm actually feeling at my most weak mentally and most stressed out is when I'm trying to do too much and I'm massively overwhelmed and that's when I that's when I wobble mm. it's when I wobble every time and that whole, t just that tiny appreciation of little things mm. that, you know, if you wrote them down or if you shared them with everybody, they'd be like, oh, God, really? But they're just those tiny, tiniest little things. So for, I tell you that the last night and one of the things that I really, really love, lying in bed, um, window open and I can hear the owl. And I don't get to hear the owl very often, but the but the beauty of the owl is just like and because it and it's just like that's a really precious, beautiful moment. No, it's not really, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's that yeah. appreciation of it tiny is. things, right? Yeah, like I, I just love getting into like I did it yesterday. I got into bed when it was still light outside, and like, there's something about getting into bed when it's still light outside. It's a bit naughty, isn't it? What is it? It reminds me maybe it's from like <laughs> napping as a child. But I was like, it's still light. Look at me in bed at eight pm, rock and roll. <laughs> and it's but it's such a nice feeling. I get so much joy I'm like content yeah. someone actually asked me a boy that I messaged a boy hey. yeah no, don't worry it's nothing to write home about I just messaged up was chatting to him and and he was like how are you and I was like I'm good and I said no actually I'm great I spent the whole day at the marathon I'm in bed already I've got a belly full of Nando's I'm having the nicest day and he's like oh that's so nice to hear I'm like yeah <laughs> but I was so happy what I love is that we as individuals are all very open about talking about mental health but I know from my own personal experiences when I was really suffering with my mental health issues um, I actually felt very lonely um, and I think loneliness is one of the the worst things about mental health for me especially if you are potentially here in the audience or at home listening and you're having that kind of niggle of oh this is all sounding a bit like me but you don't feel like you can talk to someone and maybe talking to someone is such a massive step what is the tiny baby stepping stone in beginning to talk to somebody? I, I think for me, it's finding somebody that you absolutely trust. And um, you can have the conversation that doesn't necessarily mean that you start opening up about how you're personally feeling, but you might want to just start with a, a sense of the topic area, maybe, and then see how you get on. And I think that when we start to reach out to people, it can be really humbling for the person who you reach out to, because there's a massive sense of trust there. And handled absolutely right, people just will open up and talk. And, you know, the whole thing around talking sometimes gets a little bit of bad press because we know that we've got, you know, you know, we need services, we need all of those kinds of things. I think my big thing would be never, ever, ever to underestimate the value of talking and, and most importantly, the value of listening. So that's a tiny, just that tiny step. Somebody that you really, really trust that you can just be around, even if you're not going to talk about your mental health. We always ask everyone who comes on wobble if you wobble what's the thing now lauren do you remember what you said last time i said boys she did <laughs> she said boys. boys how how is it now how is it now do you know what it's a weird one because i think in some respect boys will always make me wobble that's because i am this is my achilles heel is my heart because i'm quite open with it so when someone drops it or like gives it a little bit of a punch it hurts a lot 
But I feel like what I've done now is I think before, but like, it's been a whole year, it's mental. I think I was in a very different headspace. I'm sure you've all, obviously seen first dates now and you saw how that one went. <laughs> but I think after that, I realised, I think I was in a headspace where I really wanted to feel loved because I wanted to feel worthy. And now I know I am. So I don't need it, but it would be nice to have it. That is a nice space to be in. Like, I genuinely feel like without sounding really like, oh, yes, I'm fa I, it's not about like me being fabulous. I genuinely think I'm going to meet someone because I don't care. Yeah. Like, I am so content in who I am. I love my job. Touch with my health's all right. I've got a scan next week. I need you all to be doing some really good positive mental attitude channeling for me. But I genuinely feel content, and I think that will then attract someone who's right for me into my life. I think right now what makes me wobble is what I said earlier, when I, when I overfill myself and I overstimulate myself and I don't listen to those little warning signs to stop and just be. That is what definitely makes me wobble is the overwhelm. What about you, Jo? Um, so I think my, uh, I've got two really. One of them's a bit serious, one of them's not so much. But for me, it's the kind of self-critical thoughts. Oh my God, they're such a pain in the arse. <laughs> I mean, seriously, where do they come from and why? You know, and uh, and so so that's 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 the first one. And then um, the husband who I've just bigged up, I'm now gonna completely knock down. <laughs> Because, um, you know, when you have that conversation, many of you will know you've had that conversation with somebody that you really love and trust. And then you say, darling, if there was anything about me that you'd like to change, it's bad, right? Uh, what would it be? And, uh, and so he very lovingly looked at me and went, well, you don't really have any ankles, do you, Joe?" <laughs> so uh, I'm pleased to say that... that my husband and I, I love him to bits. He'll kill me for sharing that, by the way. He'll never say it again, <laughs> really, though, will he? Really, really will kill me for sharing this. But, but the good news is that we have been together for 22 years. So, you know, it can't all be bad, right? Yeah. But yeah. And so nobody look at my ankles now. That's all I'm saying. None of that. They're great. Also, I think the lesson here is don't ask. Don't, yeah. don't ask. Do never ask. What would you never. change about me, ever? ever. Um, thank you. Thank you both. Joe and Lauren, thank you so much for being on this episode of Wobble. It's just... It's I can't tell you how grateful we are and how glorious it's been to have you. Thank you for having us. I You're like just marvellous. I love it. I love you guys. Um, thank you all for coming. Thank you, honestly, to be in this space, in this room, and have this chat with you tonight is so special and it means so much to us. So thank you. And thank you, Kirsty, for doing an amazing meditation yes, at the start so of much this to session. Thank you, Kirsty. Thank you, Kirsty. Thank you. Also, I want to say thank you to Shola. Shola's done all the Woo! microphones and all the amazing tech stuff tonight. Um, do feel free to stay. We're not going to kick you out straight away. Um, there's more fizz if you'd like a drink. Um, you can absolutely, I think, Joe and Lauren, you can stay for a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, come up if you need to have a chat, if you, if you want to have a chat. Um, and we're going to be here as well. Um, but thank you all so much for coming. And finally, Joe and Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> And a massive thank you to Olivia Burton for allowing us to talk so openly about mental health. It means a lot to Sarah and I. Yes. Thank you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.